0: Listening to Marty and the Bro. Politics, Politics, economics, philosophy, religion, psychology. Put them in a blender with racism. And grab a tall glass.
1: So I think it was probably a Wednesday or Thursday, and I was at work trying to call my brother, trying to call him on the phone, trying to reach him. I couldn't reach him. And I knew something was wrong. I knew that it wasn't good. I just had that feeling about it. So I told my boss, Hey, I got to go. I got to drive to Houston. Now I'm in Austin at the time. So it's like two and a half, three hours to get to Houston. And when I get there, I, I knock on the door of his apartment. There's no answer. Yeah. Um, but let me back up for a second because he was, this was like in the middle of the week and on the weekend he had come to Austin. So okay. my brother came up to Austin and my he, he stayed at the house where the, I owned the house, but my mother was living there, so that's where If he came to Austin, that's where he stayed, right? It's a house that you're familiar with, too. For sure. Um, and he stayed that weekend. Uh, he brought some things to my mom, like some trinkets. Uh, he's he he was always been suicidal, he hadn't he talked about it mostly with my mom. Oh, so he never wait, had this, conversations this about your, suicide.
0: I'm sorry, this is your older brother.
1: This is my older brother. Yeah, he was he was uh, like 2 years older than me.
0: Okay, okay. How long ago was yeah. this again?
1: Uh, this was about 10 years ago, 10 11 years ago.
0: Okay, okay. All right.
1: So 10 11 years ago, it's before I met you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So um So when he was in Austin though, he I remember very distinctly this one particular conversation that he had with me where he, I had come over to the house cause I didn't live there. I wasn't my primary residence. I came over to that house and to get the lawnmower out of the garage or something. And my brother came out and we were standing in the driveway and he was asking me, he was telling me, you know, I'm not really doing so good. And it, the, whatever supply of money that he had had, uh, he was running out of money. And, yeah. uh, he asked if he could, if he could come stay in Austin to stay at my house with my mom. And, um, and I, you know, I've always had a rocky relationship with my brother. I know you and your sisters are, are really close. And yeah. uh, my brother and I, we, you know, there's lots of reasons for it, but we had always had a troubled relationship. Mm. Uh, I I hated him for a, a while there. There were there were mm. times, you know, when I just, I really hated my brother. Uh, but then at the same time, you have that other strand of you that can't not love your brother. You know, he's your brother. So it's a it's a difficult situation uh, that I was in, but he asked me if he could come stay. And, and I kind of, you know, I told him, yeah, I just, I don't know, man, that would, I don't know if that really changed anything for you. Basically. I I just, I just said, I guess I said, no. I mean, honestly, I said, no, you you, don't, you know, I don't know. It's difficult. Um, The other thing about it, I remember, uh, when he talked a little bit about what it was like to be him and he was standing there it was under, we were under a persimmon tree. And I remember him looking up and the sun was kind of coming through the leaves. So, and he would always just, he had this way of squinting one eye and looking out of one eye when the sun would hit him. And he said that he just, all his life, he felt like he just had this layer of unwanted crap on him, just shit all over him that, and he, he raised well, like his right hand up to his shoulder and he, and he kind of like, like he was pushing off a, a, a sleeve on, off his arm, just to say like, I just get it off me. I just want it off me. He did that on both arms. Hmm. And, and that it speaks to the, the trauma that he experienced as a child and, and all the pieces that led him to, to, to taking his own life.
0: Um, yeah. Sorry but, to hear that, man. <laughs> again, by the way, man. uh. Oh.
1: Well it's a long time ago the, the other the other part of the story that um, that sticks with me when I when I got to Houston and I knocked on the door, uh, nobody answered. I couldn't I didn't have a key to get in. the office was closed and uh, we called the cops I called the cops a couple times. the second time they came, okay, now enough time's gone by now we can actually break in and and they they, they broke in. I was waiting outside. And the cops uh, busted the window and went in and one cop came out, his head was kind of hanging low. And he came up to me yeah. and he said, yeah, your brother's in there. And, uh, and yeah. the, uh, so they had the police had to make their, had to make a report of it. Yeah. And the, the thing that I was, I was sitting on one of the steps kind of near the doorway, just waiting for if they needed me to do anything, sign anything. I didn't know how this works. I'm, had been in that situation before. And one of the officers were talking to a neighbor and the officer was talking to him in Spanish. The neighbor was responding in Spanish. And he was kind of asking him about my brother's death. Did he know him? Just kind of the basic questions, right? Exactly. And the guy, I remember him asking, uh, I remember the, the, the neighbor saying in Spanish to the officer that that previous weekend, he said, se fue a Austin y aún su familia no le quiere. And and I know enough Spanish to understand what he was saying. he was telling the officer that my brother had gone to Austin that even his family didn't want him.
0: Damn, man. Yeah.
1: So that's just, you know, it sticks in my mind. And and uh, one of the reasons to retell that story now is before I met you. Yeah. But I
0: um I went, do, do
1: you wanna just introduce the episode? We're in episode six. I got you. Yeah,
0: man. So um, this is episode six. Um and we're dealing with trauma. If you can't tell, we're getting in some deep topics here, man. So, uh, yeah, man. So we,
1: yeah, we titled the episode "Damage That's Done," and we're just going to talk a little bit about how, how uh, you know, we've had challenges with uh, our, our conditions in childhood and how they relate to how we navigate the world as adults.
0: Yeah, man. I. Uh, <coughs> it's funny how 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 it seems like everything's connected, right? Because. Um, yeah, man, I just have a lot of empathy for your brother. I've never met him, or anything, and you know, I was hearing that story. God, man, it kills me, bro. You know, it's like I don't know, man. Well, I guess. Uh, well,
1: where it connects to you, and one of the reasons that I wanted to, you know, get a chance to talk about it with you, because I don't even know if you know the full context of uh, how our relationship, my relationship with you, has developed over time. So this was back. Um, I-, I wanted to jump to. Uh, 2016, uh, you had told in, um, sorry, I'm probably a little watery here in my eyes. Yeah. Uh, It's all good, man. I almost almost dropped one. I Uh, almost dropped one, didn't I? Damn.
0: Yeah, man, you Uh, held it in. You were gangster. Don't worry about it.
1: Yeah, I was gangster. No, no, I didn't see anything. No, no stains on the shirt. Uh, Yeah. So, but, but in 2016, I I think back to that time and I didn't know you that well, I I knew you and I liked you from the organization that we both volunteered for and we had worked together. uh, We'd gone into the Capitol together. We'd done some lobbying together. So, so, you know, I knew you, respected you and liked you, but I didn't know you as well as I do today. Mm -hmm. But, but I remember, um, in, in episode two, you talked about an incident that happened in your neighborhood where the police came and surrounded you and- this was all around that same time frame, And yeah. I remember I, I called you one day and I said, I was actually upbeat that day for whatever reason. I called you kind of an upbeat voice. You typically don't answer, but that day you answered. And I said, how you doing Marcellus? And yeah. you said, well, to be honest with you, not so good. And, um, th- th- I think you have some, you know, some interesting things were happening to you in your life yeah, and how man. you tried to get some help. And I just wanted, if you wanted to share some of that
0: yeah i think it's uh it's it's i don't know man it's a it's a it's a rough one to get into to be honest with you too man like at that time you know this was around 2016 and uh um towards the end of 2016 right towards the latter half of 2016 and correct to be, um yep. to be honest with you or was it no it was the end of 2015 going into 2016 20, and, okay that's what it was for sure. It was the end of 2015 going into 2016. And at, at this time, like, I, you know, I was uh, 25 and, you know, I guess trying to set it up, going back, uh, setting up all the way to what is necessarily the problem is like I'm a felon, right. You know what I'm saying, or a near felon, you could say, I, I got on deferred adjudication for a felony, which, you know, anybody who who knows is, is, you know, might as well have a felony because it's, you know, it still limits you to a lot of things. Um, having the, uh, the driver's license situation, which I talk about in um, episode um, two and three, I think actually, right? Um, I, I kind of touched I don't on, well, I touched yeah. on, I touched on the driver's license <clears throat> um, incident on episode three for sure. And, uh, you know, the fact that I don't have a valid driver's license, you know, it's a, you know, very key barrier to um, upward mobility. And, you know what I'm saying? Just, I was really going through it at the time, man. Cause I, you know, I just couldn't goddamn get ahead in life no matter how hard I tried and You know what I'm saying? And, Every, you know, everything in, in in society points to you. You know, the problems on me. It's me. I'm the problem. And you know, to to be honest with you, at the time I agreed because you know, if you remember, I was uh I was staying with uh I was staying with uh um with a girlfriend at the time, and she um you know it was one of those situations where it was um you know um relationship by necessity more than anything, right? You know what I'm saying? To be honest with you, I think mm-hmm. if she and I had a, you know, was, was in a much better situation, you know, we probably, or, or had, if we were, if all things being equal, we probably both would have been, you know, in our own, you know, still trying to you know, figure it out in our own separate, you know, how you know apartments slash houses, whatever, right? You know what I'm saying? I'm pretty sure. Right. Yeah, even after I left with her, like, I, you know, I had to go move, whatever, so, you know what I'm saying? Like, like even after we left each other, we had to go, she had either moving with her homegirl or something, like, you know, there was no real you know moment to you know grow you know by themselves mm-hmm. by ourselves right so you know right with that being kind of the the big issue it really it it bred this this like environment for me where I was just really i don't Trapped. know man, yeah man, I couldn't figure out know, i was just i couldn't figure out anything man I told you I, at the time I was working at uh, nigga nidos and uh like I told right. you you know like yeah work. It, working my ass off there, man, not being able to, um, you know, it was and that's like, the
1: Papados in Houston. That's yeah. close to energy
0: stadium for anybody yeah. unaware. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. But, um, so I'm, I'm working there and, uh, you know I'm saying? Like, like I said, it was just a popularity contest, you know, I'm, I'm ridiculously political as you remember. I was, you know, pretty active political at that time head. trying to, yeah. yeah. Trying to freaking, you know, make a change. Nobody wants to hear that. Everybody's just kind of, you know, I'm looking at, you know, uh, I guess a small quick story with that. Like, you know, for example, you know, they they make us sweep the rugs even though there are vacuums in there, right? You know, saying you're not supposed to vacuum the carpet. You gotta sweep the carpet and also there are specific carpets that a server is supposed to use that were like three feet long. I'm six seven, bro. It was just like, you know, I I don't know, just the amount of like how frustratingly hard it was at times you know saying to like just do a bullshit ass job because you know saying a couple owners had you know made you know their decisions that yeah y'all have to use these small ass brooms saying you cannot use the vacuums for whatever <laughs> re- seriously bro i'm you know I'm, I'm literally by the end of the night we just yeah, busted our ass Giving I'm you like,
1: these dictates that just don't make any sense and it's and genuinely, you don't have any choice about yeah,
0: it i'm sick it I, i'm It's not even like just a complaint Toby me what to say it's it's like i'm by the end of the night my back i'm like it's not It's not okay how bad my back hurts, like how, many, how much I got to bend over and sweep, you know, and it's just a lot of, there was just a lot of kind of weird shit that's just, I don't know, I, I like, you know, that's just at the job, right? So I'm going through that, you know, and um. I just kind of. Well,
1: I, I remember, I mean, can I ask you, I, I remember at the time you were recognizing your own mental health challenges or, or, or you were reading something about bipolar and you're like that. That looks like, you know, you were kind of learning about some things about your own mental health that were changing the way that you were thinking about it.
0: Yeah, yeah. In well, your
1: own depression, you were recognizing your own depression, maybe in a way that you hadn't really up to that point in your life. I don't know when to put words yeah, in your mouth.
0: Yeah, yeah, no. It, it, to be honest with you, it was something of um. So I guess this, this is going back even further. Like you know, this is really, I guess, the the awakening to like the fact that I might be crazy. <laughs> Long story short, yeah, is um, it happened with um, you know, my uh. My first love, you know saying, she uh, you know, that breakup is what really kinda, you know, opened the opened the floodgates to I got problems, you know what I'm saying? And uh, you know, it's just me looking back at the relationship, being honest with myself, being honest with, you know, with everything that happened, and we're looking at it, I just realized like, yeah, damn, I'm uh I was terrible, crazy piece of shit. And I kinda, you know, you regardless of whether it was, you know, you know, nature versus nurture, whatever the fuck, right? You know, if that makes sense. If that was, you know, saying, you know, regardless of what the reason was, you know, it was it you know, the decisions I made happen and led to, you know, saying the issues I had, which were, you know, like I have like extreme paranoia about weird trust issues, just weird kind of, you know, saying issues with my, you know, with people in myself that I, you know, that's all mostly, you know, fabricated my mind. I like to explain it by saying like, I, I'm really good at connecting dots and I also connect dots that aren't there. Right. You know, that's kind of how, you know, a, if, a good, if put in that awkward situation. I can
1: see what you're saying. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, I'm you know, so this, uh, that's kind of the, the realization I was having, and also, you know, like I said, being locked up for two years—it's just a compounding of all these things, right? Was, you know, I was locked. Yeah. I, a lot of it is, I think, you know, being locked up left me very—I um, kind of get very present in the moment, cause like, you know, in jail, one things you learn real quick, you know, saying when you get locked up, the old schools will tell you like, don't, you know, you can't really think about the free world too much, you know, saying you got to keep your mind in jail. Or she'll go fucking crazy. You know what I'm saying? A lot of the time, especially if you yeah. don't have, if you don't have anybody out, if you don't have a lot out there, if you have like a girlfriend that hasn't hit you up, whatever it, you know, you can't really just be dwelling on out there because you can't even do nothing about it. You can't, you know, so um, yeah. on probation, you know, like I could, you know, i not, I can't drive. So I had started, kind of taking that worldview out here because i kind of really had no choice like i, I, you know, I can't move around because i don't have a vehicle in houston which is anybody knows houston is too big to you can't you know you damn near die if you don't have a you know vehicle there's just yeah. you, just serious severe lack of opportunity so i would just really um be stuck in one spot in my mind in one spot in life right you know what I'm saying i kind of just you know kind of zeroed right. in on this you know honed in and when I started to, you know, getting into politics, looking at a lot more of the issues, and you know, expanding what you know my mind about what's wrong, I had the realization that you know, not only am I crazy, but you know, it's um, there may not be a way out. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like, you know, like I was talking about, like I, you know, I started getting the feeling. Yeah, man. Like, you know, I know that you know, saying understanding, you know, a lot of the mechanisms place, or I can't, you know, I don't own, you know, a lot, you know. Um,
1: like you were, you were saying at one point in time that when you're in the midst of facing discrimination and racism and you're younger, you don't really know it. It's only later that you get out and you start to start to realize Yeah, what yeah, yeah. explains your circumstances. And I think maybe this was a time in your life when all that stuff was starting to click into place and you were like, I'm screwed. I'm, I'm really screwed here. This. You know that we've got a rigged system, or in many different ways. I don't.
0: A hundred percent, man. That was part of it. Yeah, yeah. No, like that was like I said, it's all those things put together. The fact that you know, saying oh me, you know, the trauma from my childhood. You (laughs) know, saying trauma from um, you know um, uh, being in jail. Just you know, bullshit, racist ass system mixed with you know. all the all all that shit compounded, and you know, saying this "quote unquote" decisions I made led me to this point where I, you know I just came to the conclusion where it was like you know it's probably better if, you know it's. If I have no choice, if I have to stay, you know what I'm saying, walking four hours, you know what I'm saying, from from work because the buses don't run, I don't have a car, what am I going to do? You know am saying, I work the night shift at a bar, what am I going to do at 4 a.m., hit somebody up, you know what I'm saying, that's, you know, I can't do that. And when I do, you know, it's just depressing when nobody is there to you know come pick you up, you know, do this two-hour walk, four-hour walk home. You know what saying, I was like, rather than do that, I'd rather just fucking, you know.
1: Crawl up in a hole
0: yeah you know what I'm saying just let' take myself out of this fucking situation you know, like, I don't know. well at, at some point, you
1: decided to go to a clinic in Houston and try to get some some help, yeah, but as I recall it that uh that did not work out very well at all and uh, yeah. the, I mean you can explain it better than I can, but I think they they really misdiagnosed you and gave you the type of medicines that were destined to send you in the wrong direction. Yeah, but you didn't know that at the time, so you kept taking them, thinking it was going to make you feel better, and in fact, you know that downward spiral just,
0: exactly. just accelerated at that yeah, point. Yeah, man. Yeah, they they call it like a you know, there's there's a whole thing about you know it being a cocktail, and you got to you know saying, find the right cocktail, you know, the cocktail that's right for you, and there may be some merit to that, but you know, like um, it's just. It, it, it's not like, you know, like there's 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 so many holes in the system, so much so much wrong with, you know, it's not addressing what I what you know, what I realized is it it was, you know, it's like um, you know, it's you know a Band-Aid. it's a band aid it's Band-Aid, a band aid, right? Anyway. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And and it's not addressing the root cause of the issue of like, you know, saying it's hard to the thing about, you know. <laughs> this diagnosis or staying on meds is you have to be able to be consistent. If there are extenuating circumstances in your life that make it really hard for you to be consistent, like not being able to, you know, have, you not know, having reliable transportation, you know, it's, first of all, it's impossible to, you know, stay consistent enough to try to work through whatever, you know, saying, um, the, these cocktails until you figure out the right one that's right for you and mm-hmm. the right bandaid that that'll fit for you anyway. You know saying? It's not even yeah. getting to the root cause of the issue that's causing the, the, um, the yeah. depression and stuff, it,
1: right? We're gonna we're gonna talk about that uh, more in a minute. Um, but I did, I I did want to kind of tie those like my story with my brother and and your story at that moment because you were, you know, you were maybe not suicidal on those particular days, but you were definitely spiraling towards suicidal thoughts more and more. And I, I'm at a distance. I, you're in Houston. I'm in Austin. I'm a ways away. But when I called you that day and you told me I'm not doing so hot, there was something about that situation, something about that moment that, you know, I had faced that situation with my brother at that point in time, five years earlier or so, where I knew my brother was in trouble and he ended up committing suicide. He shot himself in that in that apartment in Houston all by himself and and that... know that's the kind of thing that you think about and it stays with you so when the circumstance with you sort of came in front of me i told my girlfriend at the time i said okay i'm gonna go get him basically and i'm in i'm in austin and i got in the car you had a flat tire at the time Mm -hmm. i went over to the shop where i usually my mechanic and he he lent me a tire that was going to fit on your car i put it in the back and i drove to to houston and changed that tire and it was like okay you're coming with me and I, I remember though you were you know you were really low at that at that point in time and and really yeah. your, your depression continued even after you came to austin
0: yeah it just it all seemed hopeless man for that for me like really i I'm, you know the more we talk about it, the more i remember little parts of that like for me though the reason i don't know man with the, the the tire was flat like i told you i was just going through that breakup and you know it was um the issue i've had is you know these codependent relationships where where it's just like you know um I'm trying to do everything I can. I'm already illegally driving. You know what I'm saying? I'm you know, I'm trying to get to and from work. I I, I you know, my license is the my non existent license is suspended, so I can't even get a license because the one that doesn't exist is suspended until an indefinite date. I, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like it was it was just really fucking complicated and having to try to you know explain this to you know anybody I knew I met and you know saying you know we like you said we weren't really just super super close by this time you know what I'm saying so there's little i think i explained that to you but it's it's still something that's hard you know it's something you have to like explain to somebody you know repeatedly for them to understand what the hell you're talking about really right you know what I'm saying and it's it was just all these you know all these factors adding up i was just like like i said like it was just you know i was definitely already suicidal by that time you know what I'm saying had been calling like i said i you know i decided to to, um, you know, try to get some help by, you know, jumping on, you know, all kinds of SSRIs and whatever, right? You know what I'm saying? All these kinds yeah. of different pills, you know, because I was like, I like I said, I, I understood from my first love that I'm, you know, I think I'm batshit crazy personally, right? You know, saying people are telling, you, no, don't say that. I don't, whatever on all that, right? You know what I'm saying? I, I, I tend to, you know... Um, make it easy. Right. You know what I'm saying? Society would call me crazy. Let's call me crazy. Let's do that. That's fine. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's easy. It's, you know, it makes it easy for everybody to understand. And I don't, well you
1: know, it is, it is a bit of shorthand, but yeah. Uh, as I've, as I've come to know you and I've, and, and as I've come to understand trauma in, in terms of my own trauma, the trauma that I've carried, how it's affected my life, I, I don't think of you or me as being crazy. I think as you and I having certain adaptations to our environment, yeah, that were useful to our useful to us as children, but when we come out and try to be adults, it it holds us back in some some pretty key ways, right?
0: Yeah, man. Yeah, so you know, just all those problems, you know, like it was just I was, it was just compounding for me and making me, you know, realize that it's time to, you know, it's time to check out of here. You know, like I was already, I was, I was planning on, I was planning on suicide by that point already. I was kind of, you know. I didn't see a point to keep going. I don't know how to explain it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like, and yeah. the, the way, I guess the best way to, to, to explain what went through my mind at this time was, you know, it really, it dawned on me that there's no way, there's no way out of these situations I'm in and I, I don't have any help. Does that make sense? Like, you know, and, and mm-hmm. what I mean by help is, you know, like it it's deeper than just, you know, like, like you were saying, I was on the, um, I was taking the, the SSRIs and, uh, you know, saying I was on these antidepressants and, you know, even, and
1: they, but they, they totally took you in the wrong direction. So you started out needing help and were and were slowly sort of sinking down to an even worse situation. It yeah. wasn't until later you had, a, you know, you got the corrected medicines. You got things corrected a little bit. You got off the one that was sending you in the wrong direction yeah, and man. started and an it, upward
0: spiral. But It's such a hard, it's such a, you know, like, because, you know, I would have, it would be like damn near like blacking out for like, you know, when I was, um, like, I would. I go from 0 to 100, you know, saying kind of, you know, kind of real quick, right? You know what I'm saying? And and yeah. it was like that manic. whole yeah, real manic, yeah. right? And that whole little, you know, that whole stint was was very almost like a blur, right? You know what I'm saying? I got a, you know, but it was it was real, it was fucking insane, man. And, I, and, and yeah. I came to the I came to the realization even before like the, you know, well, by the time I was on the SSRI, some of the stuff I came to realization of I still hold, you know, strong as you know, you know, some of the some of the, you know, realizations Games. I had. Yeah, yeah some of the opinions and some of the you know and when it, at the end of the day i think it's you know it there's a lot of link to um you know community and and people's situation i i for personally i don't think you know um i think if things kept going the way they did or things even certain in specific situations i am not against you know suicide at all even coming out on the other side of that i'm still like yeah no that's still i think that's still a viable option you know given people's circumstances and, it, and that depends and and like you know, I you know we always talk about some controversial shit, and I'm I have no problem with getting into some crazy shit personally. And I think you know people should really think about well, it m- more deeply. You know,
1: yeah. Well, let me chime in on that because my my brother Bill that I that I talked about, he this was also the this was the last phone call that I had with him. So he killed himself in the middle of the week, and it was probably a Monday after he had left Austin, went back to Houston, and had made the decision, I guess, at that point that he was going to shoot himself. He talked to me on the phone and he told me about an incident that happened when he was like six years old in the first grade. Hmm. He said he was in the classroom and I don't remember if it was the first day of school or or somewhere in the middle, but the teacher told the whole class something like, uh, you know, everybody uh, clear your desktop and get your... Your tablets out. We're going to uh, put write, do some writing exercise. Write your name at the top of the of the big chief tablet, or whatever, yeah, whatever it yeah. was at the time. And my brother was telling me that as she was was giving the class these simple instructions, yeah. my brother is six years old, seven years old, whatever. He just kind of freezes. He freezes. He panics. He has a panic attack at six or seven years old. Now he's telling me this story. Now he's he's whatever he was 45 or something like this and just a day or two away from killing himself. But he's retelling this to me that he felt like that moment defined his whole life. That he just, he was, it sort of set the tone for his whole life that if he got in any kind of a stressful situation, he was going to panic. And now that I'm, I'm older, I can see the full picture of my life and his life and how all the pieces fit together. I realized how much that, he was traumatized by the time he was six years old. Otherwise he wouldn't have frozen at some simple instructions from the teacher. He was also really a mean bully to me, but it wasn't, that wasn't his natural state. He never would have been that way if he hadn't grown up in that same house that I grew up in
0: and and
1: had the parents that I had. So I I always wonder what would my brother have been like if he had been raised by loving parents, what would I have been like, you know?
0: Yeah. And it's, and it, it, for me, it's even more nuanced than that, too, right? Because, like me being black, like you know, like some like you say, a lot of stuff is out of. This is why, in my opinion, why you know we don't we never have a truly honest conversation about suicide, right? You know, what I'm saying like it's like you know these are these are dice that have been rolled, and we as a society, like capital, this American experiment, we've all not agreed to participate in, right? You know, what I'm saying we just all are in here. You know, we know that there's you know we have. We all participate. Well, what do
1: you in, What do you mean by that? That uh, uh, we're all here, but we all haven't agreed to participate in. You,
0: did you choose to be born to your parents in oh, America? I see what you're yeah, right. nobody. We didn't. Nobody okay. chose this life. You know, we all didn't agree. Nobody was like, you know what? I'm gonna be American. You know, now you were born in right. this. You didn't have a choice to be born in America. And some people, it's, you. you know, some people is great for them. They're born rich and stuff. But for other people, right? You know, for the people who that they, they weren't born, you know. They didn't hit the lottery when they were born for whatever reason. Family, you know, parents were terrible, you know, what I'm saying situations terrible, you know, what I'm saying we have decided as a society that, you know, what I'm saying that you have to, you know, you have to play the cards you were dealt in, in life, you know, what I'm saying, period. You know, and mm-hmm. and why I think this is just such a you know, like if we're gonna have a truly honest conversation, like for me, it's just like you know, I with all due respect, you could suck a dick, you know what I'm saying? Like you know, you can't, you know, how can somebody tell me that I need to deal with all the all the the bullshit? You know what I'm saying? Whether it be racism, you know what I'm saying? Whether it be like I said, you know, you know, my mom died of HIV. I mean, it's man, it's nah son you know'm saying I understand that it, the the biggest issue is yes all the things are 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 a problem, but you know what I'm saying we're if we're not going to address these issues in society you know you know if we're not going to actually mm-hmm. say okay, some of these issues need to be rectified, you know what I'm saying people need a real actual opportunity you know' what I'm saying more than one fucking chance you know what I'm saying multiple opportunities to you know what I'm saying to actually you know Exceed in life or whatever the fuck you want to call that, right? You know what I'm saying? Then right, I right. should be able to fucking take my I should be able to, to opt out of whatever the fuck you want to call this experience, life, you know, existence. you know what I'm saying? I should be able to be like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm good. I, or, you know, I fuck you know, look, I fucked up, almost caught a felony. It's left me in a position where I am literally starving every day. You know what I'm saying? I walk four fucking hours, you know, mile, I walk four hours home for work, you know what I'm saying? At four o'clock in the fucking morning, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, nah, son, I fucked up. Y'all are right. I fucked up. My life sucks. Can I can I go now, please? You know what I'm saying? Cause this is terrible. You know what I mean? Like, it's straight mm-hmm. up. This is fucked, man. I fucked up. Fair. You know what I'm saying? If there's no way for yeah. me to change this, you know what I'm saying? I want to leave. You know what I'm saying? I'm out. You know? And not only, and this yeah. is how this is how deep it gets for me. I you know I hate the idea of having it. You know what I'm saying? Do it in secret, like you know what I'm saying? By yourself. You know, all fucking. You know what I'm saying? You know, depressed and shit. But man, fuck that, man. I want my. Fa- I want. Yeah, y'all. I want y'all to see me i want y'all to see me off i want that yeah i want to say bye i want to hug on you and be like it's all good i know it sucks it hurts but i, I asked for the help you see my eyes i've been trying this shit ain't for me y'all can keep this slavery shit up if y'all want but i'm out you know what i'm saying fuck this you know mm-hmm. i'm jumping off the boat it's how i feel you know what i'm saying like like and you can't and, I'm, and the, the idea that somebody tell me is get better later it's just a, a temporary solution to a permanent motherfucker i've been this i got out of jail 2009 it's been 10 fucking years of this don't play with me you know what i'm saying like you know, I I see I know my people. I see people out here dying. Man, don't play with me, bro. Like like I'm like I'm stupid. You know what I'm saying? I don't. I'm not. We've decided to set the system up as a lottery. It's a lottery. If you fucking make it in life, hopefully you get to not bullshit racist job, racist boss. Hopefully he you know pays you a living wage. Hopefully shit you know you don't accidentally get in a car wreck and go fucking bankrupt because of the fucking medical system. Hopefully is everything's a goddamn lottery. And I I I you know the more I look at, it, the more I decide like like you said you know um. I'm gonna I opt the fuck out. I'm like on team. You know, there should be if we don't have a truly honest conversation. If we decide to set up um, society this way, okay, fine. People should be able to opt the fuck out. You know what I'm saying? Like at the end of the day, mm. or or fix some of this shit, or let's just you know let you know hold hold it down, right? You know what I'm saying? And yeah, I don't know. I, I get I get real emotional about it. My bad, bro. I got hype. No, no, that's that.
1: That's all right. That's all right. No, I'm I'm. It's hard to be mad at, at my brother for committing suicide too, when he had talked about it so much, so often he was he was the the bird with the broken wing that just never got off the ground, yeah and ended up you know just going cycling through depression after depression and never really recovering from that. and he talked about it, talked about it once he actually committed suicide, I remember my mother uh saying because he he died before my mother did, my mother saying, well you know he he finally did what he what he always said he was gonna do and and she shes she looked at it like he he you know he went he did it he he did it he wanted he always wanted to do it and then he did it and, and I don't know there was a little bit of uh relief for her in mm-hmm. that even as his mother
0: well i mean mom knows he was hurt man you know like 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 i said like yeah. it's a uh, you know. I don't know like and that's why you, you see where you know I'm I'm so obsessed with the fight of like you know like I don't know man my my thing is like you know I don't know man I'm I can't I don't I just the the idea of like I told you I have, we have a little pact right you know what I'm saying I don't know if you want to talk about our little pact that we made like two it was a year or two ago now at this point do you remember uh, I think about it no. if you if you remind
1: it. me I'll remember okay was it was 7
0: years I think or gave gave me 7 years I gave us se- I you know, you you asked me You asked me to give it seven years, man. I don't know if you remember, you know, it's uh, before, you know, because I told you, I was like, like, I I had a serious conversation, like, hey, look, Gary, Mm. I'm not. So this is when you,
1: you, uh, you were staying at my house because I went, you came up to Austin. Obviously, you didn't have any place to stay. You just left everything behind in Houston. You came up to Austin. We had an extra room. You stayed, stayed with my girlfriend and I at the time in the house that we had. And your, your depression didn't suddenly lift at all by any means. Yeah. You, yeah. Uh, th- that really didn't happen. You really came into a crisis moment. Um, and can, can I, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I wanted to, I, I wanted to take a moment and, um, cause I remember when you were there staying with me and you used to come in and out late in the evenings, you were not comfortable with with your, you know, current headspace, not comfortable staying in this house with this guy that, you know, but you know, you don't really know me that well at that point in time. You're not just a lot of confusion around it. And, uh, I knew that you were, I recognized that you were depressed. I mean, clearly in yeah. a very, very low spot. I don't think I've ever seen anybody. I've been around anybody that was so clearly in a desperate situation. Yeah, And, you were, you were in the, in your room one night and I just like trying to figure out how to help. And, uh, I remember reading in a book one time, it was a guy that wrote about his own depression and yeah. how many of his friends would come to see him when he had severe depression, like the kind of, he can't get out of the house, can't get out of the bed kind of depression, real severe clinical depression, not just the blues I'm talking about. <laughs> so really real depression yeah. and I was seeing after remembering reading that in that book and and seeing your condition at that time. And I was connecting that. He said the only person that came to see him that helped him at all was a friend that would come over. That would come over and uh, rub his feet. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. That was just in my head, and I asked you, would it be okay yeah. <laughs> if I if I uh, put some lotion on your feet and rub your feet? Yeah. I don't know. Do you do you? Were, I, we never talked about this, but what was, was that like
0: for you? Goddamn awkward was what it was. But it, it was it was a lot, man. Because you know, like, you know. I recognize that you know. I think I've, I've you know I thought about that afterwards, like what it also did for me. Because you know, in the moment, it wasn't like I was like you know, oh, thank you. All you know, saying I was it was really awkward. But you of know, course, saying yeah. it was awkward as it fuck, was awkward right? for
1: me too. Just yeah. to be fair, <laughs> you got some big ass ugly <laughs> uh, Yeah,
0: yeah. I work. But I've been you know, working at on the them.
1: time. I'm trying to be sensitive. Yeah, and I'm trying to <laughs> do the only thing I can think of that maybe will will make a connection with you.
0: I, I don't know what I'm at, thinking of. It but, just so, seemed like
1: at, the right thing to. At the time but,
0: so what it did do for me was like you know like you know it it just proved that you you know that's some that's some shit where it's like yeah, this dude obviously cares pretty you know a lot right you know what i'm saying like you know and it and it did make me you know i don't know man it 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 meant a lot you know what i'm saying like it was on some you know like felt like jesus you know what i'm saying like you know right you know i don't know if that makes sense you know, i love bible well, that's, that's a little heavy you're right yeah no dead ass <laughs> though right but i like um i like bible bible analogies and you know I'm saying well you know more so like I don't know, like the the act of you know, I don't know. It's just very selfless. It it very much humbled me, you know. What I'm saying more so, does that make sense? Like it was a very humbling kind of experience. Like especially afterwards, it was one of those things where it's like, well, you know, well now you know I kind of owe this guy something now, right? You know what I'm saying? Gotta, you know, I don't know, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Right? You know, shit. You know, what I, mean? I hope he doesn't ask for a head job or something. shit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You know, but no, but I don't know if that makes sense though. Seriously, like it was very, you know, it was one of those, you know, like it just. I could tell it, it, that the the empathy was like you really cared, right? And tried and it was just like, hey, I mean, it was one of those without saying it was just like, hey, man, you know, it was more than just saying like genuinely like, you know, whatever I can do, it was showing like whatever I can do, I you know, I got you, you know, we you know, I got your back, if that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it was yeah. it was it was show rather than tell for kind of thing, right? You know what I'm saying? I don't know yeah. if that makes sense. Well, know? it was certainly, you know, people are gonna watch our
1: show and they're gonna look at the pair, look at us and be like They're they're not going to, their brains are not going to understand what, what they're looking at, right? Yeah. And, and people are going to make all kinds of assumptions about the nature of uh, our relationship as co-hosts, as friends, as family, you might say, and they're going to, they're going to be wrong on almost every count. (laughs) Uh,
0: Yeah. uh, But, but,
1: you know, we, we've, you know, we're, we're telling our stories and how our lives have intersected to, to help fill in some of those gaps truthfully so
0: exactly yeah man and it was it was just it it was one of those those situations i don't even know if that came before or after the the suicide attempt because i did go to austin eventually you know um i went out there and did eventually try to actually um um uh yeah i don't want to go too deep into it that that one i guess i don't i i can't be you know can't I? You know, I, the mental health. I can't get too emotional and manic. You know what I'm saying? Because it's you know it's right, hard to right. bring me well, back. I, I, well,
1: I can I can tell this this much of it if you don't mind that, um, and where it kind of uh, it's just shifting gears a little bit because that day that incident helped me in a in a profound way make connections to my life and my mother and the way she was raised is actually something happened that day that you helped me figure out in my head. Mm. And I, I, I think that it's worth what, telling what the story that? just yeah. for that alone. Um, cause cause growing up, my mother smoked, she smoked cigarettes. She smoked a lot. Um, and I, I hated it. I hated the the way it smelled. I didn't, I, 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 you know, cared for my mother. And when In the 70s, all the news was coming out about how bad smoking was for you, lung cancer, everything. Mm -hmm. And so, from a kid who cares about his mother, you don't want to see your mother smoking and killing herself. It's just there's all kinds of negative associations with it. And I really just grew up just detesting cigarettes, cigarette smoking. I would never smoke myself, Uh, you know, no drugs of any kind, basically. That was that that smoking was just um, out of the question for me. Okay. But then over time, you know, I'm an adult, I'm, I'm gathering information and I'm starting to hear more things about smoking that are starting to kind of change the way I'm thinking about it. Right. Mm -hmm. And just a few data points. There was a, I think it was a, maybe a Freakonomics episode, a podcast that I heard where they talked about the smoking. And one of the things they said in that podcast was that the common thread that the largest common thread that ties all smokers together is mental illness. Hmm. And I thought, uh, I thought that was really interesting. Like this is this more than uh, more than education level, more than socioeconomic situation, more than net worth as being a common denominator. Yeah. So they, so it's not money that uh, money or lack of money that ties, ties uh, smokers together. It's actually mental illness. According to this, what i learned listening to this broadcast this podcast right um there was also re- there was also some stories at the time about how uh stress and anxiety from just being i think the story that i heard was about how immigrants that were in this country either illegally or legally were being traumatized by by the atmosphere of mistrust with the government and the the fear that they would be a deported this creates in the household that has that fear hanging over their head this creates a stress that doesn't go away yeah which creates anxiety in those people in that household and that was that was a factor that was kind of coming into my knowledge base but the thing that that put it all together for me was um i, I got a call when i was at work i got a call and it was it was um you know, it was from a, a girlfriend that you were somebody you were seeing at the time uh, that was asking about you. And I you were living in Austin. I mean, you was coming up, staying with me as we, we told. Uh, but I didn't keep track of your every movement. Right. I go to work and I come home and I see you come in and not. And, uh, but this day she was really worried about you. So I hung up the phone with her. I called you. You picked up the phone right away. Yeah. I could hear in the background that there were police cars around you, so I'm like, "Where are you? I'm coming to get you. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on?" Because yeah. you said, "Like I'm not, you know, I'm not doing so good," and you know, over the phone, I could tell in your voice. So I left work. You weren't that far away. I found you. And the the way this ties together is that you were chain smoking at the time, just one after yeah. another. High stress situation. Two cops cars there. One of them was interviewing you, talking to you. They were trying to set up some some help for you. Actually, in this case, they were the good guys. The cops in this case yeah, were her, actually her. there to help you. Thank goodness. Right. Yeah, yeah.
0: There was uh there were, there was a um actual the first person on the scene was this uh was it like a counselor or like a psychiatrist or something, you know. And then yeah, they came in and backed um I don't even know if that was man or woman. It was such a blur. Yeah, man.
1: So. Yeah. Well, you were you were smoking like a demon, and yeah. I thought to—I was standing there in front of you. Can we kind of had a moment to ourselves? And I was like, you know, uh, I, and I asked you. I said, "What is it like when you smoke like that?" Like, and you thought about it. You kind of looked up, and and you, you said, "I don't know. It's like, I inhale, and it's like I'm alive." And that hit me so hard. It, it just made everything kind of tie together. Yeah. That. When we talk about nicotine and smoking, this is what was keeping you alive. This was your lifeline back to the earth. Because without that remedy, that that drug, that compound in your system, you were you were ready to 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 you know you were ready to leave. You were ready yeah. to leave. So it, it's it's cigarettes are are a good drug, bad delivery method
0: yeah. because of what nicotine, comes with yeah. it. But exactly. Yeah.
1: And where it got deep for me is when I started to tie what you said with the information from the articles that I had read and the stuff that I would heard about it's not really mental illness, it's anxiety Mm. that is connected to smoking. And then I connected that to my mom and her smoking all those years and me being angry at her for smoking when I should have been sympathetic to her because I now know that she was super fucking depressed my whole childhood. Yeah. And and so, you know, when we get to season two, we get to season two and uh you know the there'll be some conversations about some of the trauma that I went through. Mm-hmm. And uh and we'll we'll kind of paint a big picture, but uh it's where it's where you you and what you have taught me in my life is so important to piecing things together that I never I maybe never would have pieced together without your inclusion in my life in, in some yeah. really deep ways does that make sense
0: yeah no man it's, it's deep it's getting it's getting heavy i've been i've been holding back tears this whole time i'm, I'm thugging it though right now we are making it through i am let's let's <laughs> let's pat on the back real quick oh ourselves. Yeah, jesus yeah. christ oh damn all right but um yeah no I, it's
1: <sighs> well let's let's take it a little more universal from here because i remember that there was a a moment when the issue of depression and environment and coping mechanisms all took a big shift for you and that was when you listened to uh Johan Hari on the Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember the part that stood out for you? The
0: Yeah, it was um he started talking about uh how these uh African doctors would try to well, their method of curing depression in other countries and you know other than the US and what we were doing. Um, it's kind of hard for me to remember exactly, um, uh, exactly. So basically, um, Johan Hari was, t- he was explaining, I don't know if you remember this, you might remember, you might be able to summarize that story better than I can, at least the, that, you know, portion of the, um or the podcast. Well, what
1: I am just remember what you had told me. I heard the podcast cuz I remember you sent it to me.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. So, okay. But,
1: but oh. There was another part of the con- of the podcast that s- jumped out to me and was a real epiphany to me that I wanted to talk about. Okay. But for you, it was the the cows curing depression and the Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So, um there was a the minor uh, um, and Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just, I haven't I haven't listened to it in a little while, but so basically, uh, if I'm not mistaken on on this uh particular part of the podcast, um there was some some there were some um, psychiatrists or counselors that went in, and they were trying to—they were basically trying to teach them, you know, teach this uh, these African doctors, you know, like Western. Basically, oh, they were trying to sell them medicine. Something like that. It was not just or something selling like the med- that. Yeah. It wasn't just selling the medicine it was like, you know, like basically like, Hey, let me put you all on, you know, how we, you know, how we cure depression on the West, all the, you know, the medicines and you we know. oh so basically they asked them like, how do you know, how do you all deal with, you know, depression and stuff? And the doctors were, um, these, uh, psych- these African psychiatrists slash doctors, whatever they were, these PhDs, I think, you know, let's call them that right now. Right. Um, sure. you know, so, um, these African PhDs were like, I don't understand what you, you know, what do, what do you mean by that? Right. And they were like, cause you know, it was just, you know, l- bit of a language barrier and all that good stuff. Right. So basically they, um, the, uh, the, the, um, Western doctors explain, you know, explain to them what depression, you know, um, depression, all these things are. And, uh, you know, they said, how do you, you know, how do you cure that? And they had an example of like, oh, you mean this, uh, this guy who's a minor. Right. And so they, um, they went through the story of, This, uh, they had, there was this African guy who was very depressed. He was a minor. He hated everything about his life and he went, you know, nothing could help him. He just wanted to die, basically, right? You know what I'm saying? It was really terrible for him, life in general. And, um, when he went to the, the the African psychiatrist, they they listened to him. They 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 listened to his problems, kind of went through his life and was like, okay, this is probably what will help. You know what I'm saying? They, they understood. He told them that he hated the mines. He hated his life. He hated everything he was doing at the time. And they say, you know, and they're like, well, what would you rather do? And he's like, I don't know, maybe, you know, be like on a farm and, you know have some cattle and ranch and land or something and they were like, Okay, so they literally transposed him from the mines, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, I helped get him set up in his with his own little, you know, with some cows and uh of some of some land, some cows and uh, you know, that was how that was what they called antidepressants, right? Because you know, the doctors mm-hmm. at, or the Western guys asked them, what are your antidepressants to deal with this? And they were like, is that what you mean by antidepressant? Because, you know, there was that language barrier. And for Johan Hari, um, it seemed like he, it was a, it clicked to him. Like, uh, you know, it was, that was a moment for him to be like, oh, shit. And these, and these other Western science like, oh, there's another way to look at antidepressants. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Like there's, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, the, the, the solution to, you know the solution can be directly, you know, you know, impacting people's lives versus trying to medicate through the problem, if that may, you know, that's, it's, you know. Yeah,
1: it's all about environment, basically, yeah, is exactly
0: you change the environment, and you start to change, change everything. Agreed, agreed, man, yeah, and it was, I don't know, that for me was a real, like, it's something, a lot of times for me, it's, you know, I have, you know, some... I'm starting to come to some, you know, realizations in my mind, and and when you hear, especially some some smart some bitch say it, and you're like, yeah, exactly, because you know, in my mind, I've been, you know, I, I've been, I was. That's kind of where I've been this whole time. You know, I've, I've told you about, like, you know, for me, it's, you know, the reason why I'm so, you know, I still, you know, um, I'm still on team. Like, hey, you know, what I'm saying people, I can't say suicide is never the answer. I don't you know I'm just I don't subscribe I don't I don't like living in fantasy I don't know if that's good or bad I don't you know like I, you you'd have to it's a hard argument. I'm a hard sell on that idea, and to instill still to this for the reason of we have since we have decided you know to participate in society, this shit is fucked. You know what I'm saying? And I think people should be able to opt out if you know circumstances. You know, all things being equal. If, you know, like I said, like explaining my circumstance, right? You know what I'm saying? I wish somebody would. It's like yes, I'm crazy, but also you know what I'm saying? Like I am a yeah. black man in America. You know I'm saying? With yeah. you know the felony, I can't. Not only can I get can't I can't get shit in my name. I can't drive shit. I can't even rent a fucking car you know what I'm saying it's hard out here bro you know what I'm saying like you know like fuck hard it's borderline impossible you know because of my mental health issues I really should be you know what I'm saying trying to get my shit together by myself right but I I don't have that ability I'm kind of forced into these codependent toxic relationships because I can't even get an apartment in my own goddamn name right you know what I'm saying so yeah. you know what I mean so there are these strenuous yeah. circumstances surrounding and I'm just like yo you know if we can't if, we, if there's no way to solve these issues then um um fuck this you know I don't know what else to you know I'm I yeah. It's my life. I should be able to say, fuck all this shit. I'm out. You know, I'm good. Yeah. Peace out. Much love. You know what I'm saying? Maybe next right. time. I don't fucking know. You know, I don't know. I get I get yeah. you know I get real passionate about it.
1: Yeah, no, no, definitely. I I will just uh, put my vote on glad you're alive. Yeah. Very, no, very sure. happy that <laughs> very happy you're you're in my life and uh and that you you made it through a really dark time. Yeah. Uh and I hope that. That anybody who might watch this show and hear our stories and think about their own lives and connect some dots between what we're, what we're saying about environment being the key to to mental health in, in many ways. Uh, there's It's complicated and nuanced and there's lots more to it, right? Yeah. But that's certainly a big piece.
0: Very, and very that, big piece. Yeah, man. There's been multiple studies coming out that, you know, um, a lot of, you know... Uh, you know, just living in America, Black people feel anxiety, and I can attest to that deeply. I don't even like, especially since moving out here in Austin, like, you know, there's a lot, well, in the neighborhood I'm in now, it's great, but, you know, a lot of times in, you know, predominantly white areas, yeah, I get all kinds of anxiety walking through, you know what I'm saying, or just, you know... Right. Yeah, it's really rough, you know, so, yeah, environment's very important, I think, too, man.
1: Yeah, no, definitely.
0: Well, and that, uh, we want to plug really
1: hard that uh Johan Hari uh interview yeah. on on Joe Rogan it is number we wrote it down it was you wrote it down you're 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 killing yeah, I wrote it, it, so it down. No yeah it was uh Joe Rogan number podcast number 1077
0: Hell so yeah.
1: Joe Rogan conversation with Johan Hari uh number 1077 cuz i remember you sent that to me You really, you, you saw it and liked it and you sent it to me. The thing from that podcast that I remember the most was the story about Portugal Hmm. and what they, the situation in Portugal, their drugs were illegal. All drugs were illegal in Portugal and they had a huge drug problem, especially heroin was a huge problem in Portugal. And as Johan Hari, I'm just going to kind of recap what he said. Um, He said that the leadership in Portugal was was trying to find some solutions to this this out of control epidemic of heroin users and they had tried everything they thought was the right thing to do and were failing so they called together a commission of like all the smartest brightest people they could yeah. find in Portugal to come together and have a meeting and basically the prime minister was like whatever you tell us we're going to do it you 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 help us fix this problem we're going to do it we're going to get behind you you just figure it out and tell us we're we're on board no matter what it is so that commission comes back and they say, well, okay, we'll legalize everything, give heroin away free to, <laughs> to people. And they start listing out these things they want to do. We, you, yeah. you, we're we going to give uh, support. We're going to help people give them you, a little bit more of a safety net. We're going to yeah. start to change their environment little by little by little.
0: Change the gas stations and, into heroin
1: stations. Yeah, I know. I like it. I, I like where they're at. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, well what they found was that the problem did not get worse, in fact it got better. It got mm. a lot better. The, because because they were they were figuring, they were solving, they were giving those heroin addicts the cow and taking them out of the mine. Mm. They were doing it slowly and in a deliberate way and a smart way. But when once they had focused their attention from away from punishing and away from prohibition yeah. to helping people. It started to change everything.
0: Exactly. And, and
1: that was, that was part of that podcast also that really yeah. stumbled, stood out to me. So, and,
0: and, and that kind of, that, that goes back to, you know, like just, you know, dovetails perfectly with the idea of like, I'm very adamant about the whole, you know, second chances, third chances, fourth chances kind of, you know, with people, I think, you know, I think, you know, people are nuanced. Some people make it a little later, you know, uh, understand, I think we just lack a lot of empathy. People like to kind of look at people and be like, "Oh, that's a trash human being." And they just keep people, keep trash people out of your life. And as a trash some bitch, you know what I'm saying, as a self-described very proud of, you know what I'm saying, you know, the person I am now at least, you know what I'm saying, not all the shit I did, but you know what I'm saying, I am a piece of shit human being, you know what I'm saying, and I damn dare somebody to try and tell me something different, you know, and and you know what I'm saying, it gives me a lot of empathy for those other trash human beings that it's like, "Hey, you know, one, you know, you're not, you know, you're not It's this life is nuanced, right? You know what I'm saying? It's not, you know, I'm I'm try everybody's trash to somebody, right? You know what I'm saying? And it's not, you know, like the idea of people like one of the things I hate most is people you know call themselves good a good person or like people like to think that they're a good person it's very arrogant to say you're a good person because that's not you, up to you to decide you know what i'm saying if you're a good person yeah. it's you know it's more that's what other that's other people's decision to say you know you just, you may think you're good what about that ex you fucked over right you know what i'm saying you're a good person to her yeah. probably not right you know and that's i have a lot of situations like that personally right so i like to you know i i prefer give you know having empathy for people understanding that you know we are we're malleable man it's you know it's like you know incentivize people to do better instead of punishing when they're doing you know saying worse and you know saying i think no,
1: that and all the things you know having a co sign in your life having support in your life yeah, having very important. the the proper validation for being who you are yeah all those being things being allowed to just
0: be who you are you know what i'm saying being now, allowed to be who you are yeah, yeah, that's right those, that's right yeah all those things all matter deeply man and you know i think people there's a lot of try we're talking about trauma and issues that come from all all that kind of stuff you know especially you know in my in my community, You know, all the code switching leads to you know saying all these. You know, like there's there's trauma, and you know saying there's kind of you know black people. You know, kind of watching black people trying to keep them to account. And if you see, you know, this black person sees this black person acting crazy, they're like, oh, you know, that's that's not one of us. He's one of the bad ones. I'm one of the good. You know, there's that whole dichotomy, and that's due to you know saying all the anxiety, and that's you know it's just all the trauma all the 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 environment right that's due to the environmental pressures you know what I'm saying like those environmental yeah. pressures just looks like a pressure cooker and it's just fucking yeah. you know I don't well
1: know. W- one thing one thing i think is very important to point out and we try to we try to to bring this to light every time it comes up in our show because i think it comes up a lot and that's this notion of having been on two different sides of of a coin or, or two different sides of a, of an issue, two different ends of a spectrum. Yeah. And you, when you say I'm a piece of shit or whatever, that's um, you have been a piece of shit, Big time. <laughs> but redemption and, and having those second chances and finding your way and finding, finding a, uh, you know, finding your, your way into an environment where, suddenly being a piece of shit doesn't make any sense
0: yeah hmm.
1: being you you, you you're changing everything uh, you know uh, uh, to growing with the moment you know growing hmm. into the moment and growing with the moment can can is what you have done what i've seen you've done to come over on the other side of I mean, you you're a freaking criminal.
0: <laughs> you're a yeah. yeah. so you're a piece damn, of shit. It was but a damn good it, one too. Goddamn it! A,
1: hell yeah. Uh, yeah! But you know, those those are yeah. those are days that you you look back on and yeah. you, you put them in there. You put them in their box, and you're like, uh, that's not who I am now. Exactly. And, yeah. And, yeah.
0: You know, and and
1: that, and that can be true for anybody else that we have in our lives. We can look at them and we can think they're not doing so good now. But we can look at, at plenty of examples of people that have evolved and changed. I certainly have from twenty twenty one to twenty twenty. You know, I've gone through a, a bunch of stuff that, that is has yeah. really shifted and, who and I am thing, and my exactly. ability to
0: re- relate and feel. So, changes are available to people. Exactly. And I think it's, and I know it's a lot more nuanced and hard because everybody likes to like. You know, we like to you know see what cover our own asses, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, and, and it's a very it's a very you know reactionary thing to be like oh well you know you know my life you know I, I got a lot going on I can't do this I can't do that and for me like looking back at that and understanding like it's like. Like I said, it's it. That's where it goes back into the suicide, you know, t- topic. Right, you, this is full circle, damn near spectrum. It's like a you know sphere when you look at that. All these things just bump up against each other because it's like you know, if you agree, if you say, if you have a family member that's fucking up, and I say you do not abandon that person, they will be all right one day, and they will be a lot more all right, what much quicker if you actually you know what I'm saying hold it down for them. I'm not saying enable anybody, holding people's feet to the fire and shit, but don't just abandon them, throw them to the wolves, let them out in the street, whatever. Right, you know, what I'm saying and uh and you know. I, if you if you don't if you you cannot be mad or you, you know, don't be sad if the person decides to you know take their own lives or you know I'm saying as a victim of the streets you can't be you know like it's what the fuck else did you expect you know what I'm saying kind of how I look at it you know as somebody who's been in that situation like you know like there's a, I'm going to use an example I'm going to use one of the homies I can use his name cuz you know I don't know if he wants his business out there but I had a homie stay with me right and uh, you know the homie, you know this homie
1: mm-hmm. yeah. and
0: uh, I had a, I had a homie stay with me and um at the time you know uh, he was, you know, I was managing a place and he would work with, I met him through, he was working for me at this place and, uh, he needed a place to stay. And I had an immediate crisis of consciousness because, you know, I'm, first of all, I'm crazy. I, at this time, I already know, you know, this is not, this is just a couple years ago. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very cautious of my mental health and cautious, you know, I'm very cautious of, you know, letting people in my space. So I don't, you know, cause you're you know, protective. You want to protect exactly. You, they, you know, them and me, right? And yeah, others. Yeah, exactly. I whoop <laughs> your. No, <laughs> but yeah, you know what I'm saying. So, it's, but for real though, that's really what it... I know. I I know. I'm. I spaz. I don't know. Better say I spaz, and I don't like. You know, it's I've a terrible seen feeling. I've seen you spaz. Yeah, yeah. He yeah, spazzes
1: I everybody. Everybody. He spazzes.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's pretty. See, yeah, it's serious, right? But um. So um. You know, I had to. I had to have coming. You know, I had to look at the situation, and I was, you know, I, what I did was I put myself in his shoes. You know, I've been there. I've lived, I had to live with people. What would I want somebody to do? I'm in a position now for what would I have wanted somebody to do for me in this exact same position. So I thought about it, and I was like, you know, what would have been dope if somebody could have done for me? They're already paying their goddamn bills. You don't need me, you know, saying to pay rent. So if you could, because I agree, life's hard out here. Make me pay rent. But hold on to that rent money so that way when you eventually kick me out on my ass, which is gonna happen, you know what I'm saying? Or, you know, like, you know, just something, you know, it possibly to happen, whatever. You know, sometimes, you know, I might not be able to get the money in time, maybe not, you know, Responsible and reliable enough, right? Maybe there, you know, maybe there are people like like it's hard for somebody who's never been consistent. You can't expect that person to immediately get consistent and get real badass and all the, you know, it's not gonna happen. They're gonna fuck up, and maybe they, if they get start saving money, have a little more money than they ever expected to, might start spending it fucked up. So, you know, what would I want somebody to do for me in that situation? I did exactly that for him. What I did was I held on to his money, right? You know what I'm saying? And and I made him pay rent. Right, you know, saying it wasn't necessary. Mm-hmm. It wasn't necessarily rent, um, but I just hold on to that. It was more like, a, okay, I'm going to save you the, you know, some of your money for you until I cannot, until I can't, until can, we can't do this anymore. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah,
1: until um, <laughs> I kick you out. Until I kick so you the fuck out,
0: exactly.
1: Yeah, basically, you were, you had learned from your past experiences and, yeah. and what would have helped you. And exactly. Now yeah. you're in this situation, and you're like, let me try this out. Yeah, and didn't it worked try per- out this little scheme and
0: work like, like a charm, because you know what it is, is like I said, I already was paying my goddamn bills. It wasn't like I needed his money, right? You know what I'm saying? When he came moved in. So, you know what I'm saying? I decided, okay, I'm gonna hold on to his money for him. I didn't touch it, just leave it there to the side. It doesn't exist, right? You know what I'm saying? In my mind, he doesn't need to know it exists. It doesn't matter, right? You know what I'm saying? And then when yeah. it's time to, for him to leave, now at this point, like uh, you know, because a lot of times people you know think it's just oh, this person isn't saving, but it's hard being poor. It's expensive being poor, you know what I'm saying? Just Google that yeah. saying, it's expensive being poor. Google that fucking get a lot of information from it right, you know, from right off the bat, you know, but, you know, it's not, you know, it's not easy, especially not having a car. You got to pay for the Ubers and shit like that. So at the time I had a car because, you know, I've had cars. I have, I've never had license, had Three, four cars at this point, right? You know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, yeah. but so I'm telling him like, Emergency hey. Exactly. Emer- exactly. Just in case I need to go do something, you know. Usually I walk the fuck anywhere, but, you know, sometimes you got to get somewhere quick, right? So that's the only reason they sit in the driveway. Fucking, they just sit there. All right. Anyway, um, so the cars are sitting there it's, I'm sorry. It's hard. Right? <laughs> but um, um, this car's sitting in the driveway and, you know, saying, I'm like, bro, he has a license. I'm like, you can drive this car like it's yours. Just please be respectful that it's not yours. You know, they're like, you know, just to treat it. you can drive it like it's right. yours, but it's not. So, you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> <Like, you laughs> we both know. So we understand <laughs> that. Yeah, nigga, I, you know, don't play, right? You know what I said? So, but you know, it was all love, right? I treat this one I wanna I want to treat him like I wanted to be treated, like a fucking adult, you know what I'm saying, somebody who's not a piece of shit and it's like, you know, you know, get your shit together. And you know what I'm saying, in case you don't, I got some, you know, I, you know, I you know, you don't even need to know about this little backup plan I got over here for you. But you know what I'm saying, just in case, like I said, what if something was left? I have something, you know, it's like, hey, and what I did with them, I I you know, by the end of it, we saved up, you know, you know, a nice little amount for him for real. It was like, I think it was like um
1: like Twelve hundred or something. It was like, 1, it, was 1, like yeah, it was like I
0: was like sixteen hundred something like that. Some some. Yeah. yeah, he had more saved up than I did at the time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he, had quickly, right, he had a bigger right. save than I did right then. Right. So I gave, I mean, I gave him his money. Right. But I was like, you can get a you know down payment on a you know with this you can do a down payment on an apartment. I didn't. This wasn't like you got to leave the same day. It was like, hey, this is what I saved up for you. You got you know maybe a week or so. Let me know what you need to do. You can get I get a car down payment on an apartment. Whatever you need to do, but you do got to leave at this point now though, right? But he didn't leave right, right. empty handed, right? Was the thing, right? You know what I'm saying? He wasn't. Like a whole empty, it wasn't. I wasn't throwing him out in his ass. So that's usually what happens. You get to a point, like I've been you in know, situations. It,
1: you, you know what it made me think of? It, no. it made me think of a little of the situation, like what Kirk helped you out when you mm, got out of jail. Yeah, it's like, yeah. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna get you,
0: we're a not real gonna chance. leave
1: you. Yeah. We're going to give you a chance. Gonna and, gonna oh, a real opportunity.
0: A yeah, a real mm-hmm. opportunity. Like, And it's nothing like a big opportunity, but it was just like, it was real, you know, tangible help. It was actual help. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know how to explain it other than right. that. You know, It's not like, not help with you know saying these weird ass qualifiers. Like, you got to do everything I say when I say it. And if you fuck up once, then there's no more help. It wasn't this weird. Like, that's what's always happened to me. And that's what I've always gotten. It's like, you got to do everything I, I say, the way I say it. You can't do anything that I don't like. You know, and it's just like, well, fuck you who then. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, you know, yeah, I, yeah, like, again, I'm not your fucking slave. I'm jumping off the boat. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's where I keep going to in my mind because it's like, no, that's yeah. not even realistic. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not even a realistic right. request. I'm a human being, right? And that's, you know, I treated him just like that. You know, still, still my boy, you know what I'm saying? It's much love there. You know what I'm saying? It worked out. He's doing, you know, you know, shout out to the homie, right? Yeah. You know, he's, he's doing good. Yeah, he's doing well. Yeah, he's doing right. well now because, you know, and it was just like, yeah, you know, all you just needed was, you know, was an was a, was a opportunity, bro. And I get like, I know my niggas, man. Nigga will shine if you got an opportunity, right? You know what I'm saying? It was just like, just, you know, treat him like a regular ass person. Like, you know, yeah, he's going to fuck. He, he, while he stayed, when he fucked up a few times the car and everything, I didn't, immediately was like, you can't drive the car ever again. I was like, say, son, look, you know what I mean? You can't be yeah. fucking up. You know what I mean? Like, come on, bro. We got this right. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, he was like, yeah, my bad. You know, kept it going. Right. You know what I'm saying? he wasn't perfect. But, it, you know, like I said, you know, give people wiggle room to be people. You know what I mean? I don't know.
1: Oh, we got, uh, Maya just got up for her nap. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what is there like a, uh, uh, hey, Maya. You should pick her up for Maya, a second. Maya, we're recording. It's,
0: do what? Pick her up for a second. Pick, pick, pick her up for a second? I'm yeah, here, Yeah, yeah. yeah we we, he's he's we're going through dog difficulties over here yeah
1: (laughs) i don't know if she saw a little moth or something like that that's definitely Uh, what
0: it was yeah that's definitely what it was shoot can we pause for a second and we are and we're back hell yeah
1: so the Anxiety that you still with, still live with every day, is is better I, in my mind. You know, and we're, we're, season two, we're going to dive into a little bit more of of ways to deal with mental illness and trauma. Mm-hmm. And we should also the suicide hotline. I know, I know you've called the suicide hotline before. I got them. I got
0: them but, on speed dial, dead ass. I have them. They're saved in my phone. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I get on there and talk to random people. <laughs> It's not funny right yeah. But, so, yeah.
1: <laughs> no, it's it's um you know it's a lifeline for some people that that find themselves in really dark places. Um, yeah. It's yeah. So so anxiety today though what, what 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 are your thoughts on it? How do you feel how are how do you feeling your mental health is today?
0: um it's i'm in a much better place and like i've told you it's 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 all about the opportunity and support systems right it's you know for me the reason why i'm in a much better position is because i you know the 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 support system I have versus like I told you before when I was thrown to the wolves, right? You know what I'm saying? And even, right. you know, like and a lot of it, don't get me wrong. Like I have family that's, you know, be like, oh, you should have hit me up. It's, you know, it's this it's harder. It's different. People understand, understand, it's different with family, because you know, there's a, there's a, there's a safe face there. You know, I don't, you know, you don't want to be that guy, that family member that, you know saying, like I'm already the fuck up family member. You know what I'm saying? I don't want, you know, yeah. does that make sense? It's already yeah, there. You
1: don't want to throw it in their face.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't, you know, it's like the suicidal, you know, gang banging, you know what I'm saying? This, you know, this nigga here, right? You know, it's like, it's just, you know, I don't, you know, and that's not how they feel about it for sure, but, you know, it's how I feel about it, right? It's hard to deal with, you know, like, I don't want to burden people you yeah, care it, about. it
1: gets complicated. It gets yeah. complicated really, yeah, really so, quickly, so if, too.
0: Yeah, so if there's people in yeah. your life, like, a lot of times, like... And that's why I think family a lot of times would be sometimes the last people to learn, you know, they'll just be like, it just can't, it seems like it came out the blue for them and they don't understand why this person didn't reach out more and this, that. And like I said, it's more so of a safe face. Like you don't want to, you know, it's hard. It's hard to, you know, this is it's taboo. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't want to seem like you're just bitching or none of that. And you, you know, you really want to be understood, but you really need help and it's just, you know what I'm saying? It gets real complicated, you know? So yeah, I don't know.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, I know that, uh, the, the, the tr- you and I talk a lot about trauma and, and that we carry a different type of trauma. Yours is uh, more mm. dysregulated where you have big highs and lows and sharp triggers. My trauma that I carried for so many years was just took my feelings and buried them. Uh, I I almost shed dropped a tear earlier in the episode. That is something that, you know, I, um, in the years that I carried that trauma and w- season two, we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, ways that, that, uh, to, to deal with it and things that have been successful for me. But I never before, before uh, going through some of the therapies that I did in 2020, I yeah. never would have been able to access a tear to save my life. <laughs> my feelings were just not there. I was operating just on yeah. something was telling me something. You know, I'm connecting dots, um, connecting you with my brother and being able to help you where I failed to connect my brother. I mean, mm-hmm. all these little things are – are just how I'm operating, but I'm never actually feeling this. Uh, I can feel so much, much more today. And, and I'm, I'm glad about that. And,
0: uh, yeah, man, no, that's, that, that's real, man. And,
1: and, and I, yeah. And, and I, I see that you're, you're in a much different place than you, you today, than you were that, that five, those five years ago when, when it was just a very different time. Yeah, so, man. um, we should probably wrap up episode six and, let people know. Uh, when you talk about support systems, at Marty and the Bro, the co-op, we have an opportunity for members from our audience to join the co-op and become part of the company, and at the same time, sign up as a co-signer. So, the way this would work in reality is when you make a when you uh, join the co-op with whatever dollar amount you do. If you end that dollar amount in a five, we will know that you are wanting to participate in our co-signer program. And that means that we are trying to match up people who want to join the co-op, but it makes no financial sense for them to do so just because of their financial situation. They've got a way to join the co-op by being matched up with a cosigner. So yeah. we, we'll talk more about that probably separately. Look for a separate uh, individual uh, segments that we talk about the cosigner program. But
0: um, also, we'll have it, links in the description. Of, be um, yeah, links down below. Links
1: martinthebro.com. So thank you so much for listening to, uh, to this episode about uh, the damage damage that's done when we don't pay close attention to, to trauma and anxiety and just let this let it carry forward without a remedy year Hmm. after year. It creates lots of problems
0: for people. Yeah, man. This was a rough Well, much love. (laughs)
1: <laughs> much love to you uh, to you uh Marty. I appreciate doing the show with you very much and I'm glad yeah. you are alive
0: today. Thank you so much for being a part of my life. Same same here. I appreciate you being a part of my life, you know, being alive it's it's you know, I'm still the jury's still out, you know, for me. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, hear uh, yeah I hear you. Yeah, know, you know, I'm, I'm 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 rocking so far. So yeah, we're going to keep I'm it going, you know. Fun. It's good to see. All right. Yeah. All All right, right you take bro. care, man. Take love you death, brother. All right. You have made it to the end of this episode of Marty and the Bro. Visit martyandthebro.com to find out more about the show, its creators, and the co-op that supports this content. Special thanks to Alexandra White for artwork and to our sound engineer, Isaac Peña. Musical thanks to Boris Brecha, Travis Scott, and Pogo. Technical support for Marty and the Bro was provided by Sabi Hamid. And thanks as always to the
1: legendary Todd Jagger who once said, Damn, this some good ass cheese.